G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Hope you had an awesome weekend. Happy Monday, happy Monday morning. For today's Monday motivation episode, I want to talk to you about how to stop thinking about your content as just content and start thinking about it as your vehicle for building community and connection. And there's one key thing we really, really need to do to make sure that everything that we're creating is speaking to our ideal client. Now, before we jump into that, why would you want to do that? Like, why is that important? What's what's the purpose of doing that? Well, one of the key benefits that I see as a result of building that community and building that connection online with my content is that, and I mentioned this before, when you jump on a phone call with someone, they're actually they already kind of feel like they know you, they're familiar with you. And so you're not having this cold call kind of awkward conversation. And you're not also bringing in leads who don't have an idea of what you do. You're much more likely to bring in someone who's the right fit, who's there to talk to you about, okay, how can we work together? So if you really like speaking and you like creating content, it's such a great way to skip that kind of awkward sales part, right? Like some people are salespeople. They're like, they love doing the cold calling stuff. Like for me, I don't do it. And I don't want to, like one of my nightmares, I was saying this to someone over the weekend, one of my nightmares is having this long leads list of people that I don't even know whether or not they want to talk to me. And then I have to try to filter through them. I'm like, I want the filtered people. I want the people coming to me who know who I am, know what I do and are excited about working with me, right? And they're going to be good clients. And then I can have that, like I can pick and choose who I work with because I'm attracting people firstly, who are going to like my content, because if they don't, they've probably already switched off and they're not going to be engaging with me. But also that they're kind of excited because they feel like they're part of something, that we can create something together. So how do you build community? How do you build connection? Well, there's one key thing you need to do, and there's a few steps involved, and I'm going to tell you about that in just a minute. But For those of you who are watching this on YouTube, if you could go ahead and hit the like button, if you're enjoying this video so far, that would be awesome. Subscribe, obviously, if you're not already subscribed. And if you're listening to this uh, via podcast, then also you can subscribe and follow there. That would be great. If you want to go the extra mile to support me, share this with your friends, share this with the people who you know would help. And as always, you can also head over to my Ko-fi page. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. The link is in the descriptions and you can buy me a cup of coffee. All right. So what do you need to do? Well, the key thing that you need to do to build connection and build community is you need to start thinking about what's going on in the mind of your customer. Now we've done a little bit of stuff on the show before about this. So on the podcast show, I've done a YouTube video a long time ago about the importance of empathy and the importance of building a customer persona, but I think it's time that I come back to this and sort of refocus us all on this because one, I've learned a lot more about it recently and two, I think especially now with everything that's happening, it's so important for us to reconsider those situations that our customer is in. So how do you do that? We do this by building an empathy map. Now, there's a few different key areas in this empathy map. I'm going to walk you through each one and how you can complete this. If you want to follow along with this and actually fill this in, I've also created a resource that you can download like a template that you can download and work through after you listen to this or after you watch this. So the link to that will be in the description as well. And if you're watching this on YouTube, it will be 
in the card somewhere here. So how do you build an empathy map? Well, first thing we want to do is we want to look at how is our customer, our ideal client. So we only want to do this for like one type of client at a time, right? So if you have four different types of clients you generally work with, we do this for one person at a time. For instance, my two key target audiences are entrepreneurs and coaches and consultants. But what's going on for entrepreneurs and coaches and consultants is a bit different and what they're going to be looking for is a little bit different. And so I've separated them into two categories. And for each of those categories, I do this empathy map. So you pick one and we want to start thinking about, well, how do they think and feel? Now, if you're in the B2B space, you might be like, well, I don't really need to worry about how they feel. I need to just worry about what they think because they're going to be rationally buying. They might be buying for the business. They might be, you know, kind of in a different headspace because they're business people. But I really encourage you to reconsider that. And we have talked about this before as well. Humans are humans, whether we are in business or out of business, whether we're on our break or like in the zone of our work, we still have feelings, right? And actually in an upcoming episode, I do uh, an interview with Brian Fretwell, who's a practical intuition coach. And this is exactly what we talk about. So you need to make sure you're also thinking about their feelings. So how do we do this? Well, basically what I do is I put together sort of like this matrix, In that matrix, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see this and follow along. In this matrix, essentially what we have is we have the rational and we have the emotional and we have the negative and we have the positive. So in each of those areas, we want to start thinking about, okay, what are my clients rationally worried about and what are they rationally thinking they're going to gain from getting this problem solved that I solve? And then on the emotional part, we want to think, okay, what is like my ideal client's nightmare? What what do they really fear? So this isn't like a rational worry. This is like an emotionally charged fear or nightmare. So the things that they're thinking that you're like, oh, that actually doesn't really make sense, but it's really driving a lot of the decisions that they make. And then over on the emotional positive side, we want to think about like their big dreams. You know, people say like sell them the dream. It's like, what do they truly really desire or want in their life? What are they, what's the underlying emotion that's going on for them? So we start to fill that in by asking ourselves some questions. And I think the easiest way to do this is to just brainstorm it all out. Now, if you want to learn a little bit more about brainstorming, I've done a separate video about this. So I'll link that in the description as well. Or if you're on YouTube, again, I'll put it in somewhere up there. But essentially, you want to start asking yourself some questions. I always find this is the easiest way to start. Just start asking yourself some questions about your ideal client. Okay, so if we start in the top corner where we're looking at negative worries, What my type of ideal client is worried about, if we go over to the coaching, consulting, persona or avatar, whatever you want to call that, what I know they're worried about on the rational front are things like, I'm not really sure what to do next. I don't really know how I can get myself out there more. What if I'm not doing enough? And what if I fail? right? And the failure one kind of comes into the emotional stuff as well, but it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than like a, oh, I'm worried about being able to pay off my mortgage and goes into like, I actually don't think I'm good enough to do this. Who do I think I am? You know, those are the kinds of stories that keep people up at night. So we want to sort of be able to look at this from both sides, right? The thinking and the feeling. Over on the positive side, 
we have rational benefits, right? So, oh, I could see by working with Lauren, I could get a whole heap of content that would really help my business grow. Oh, on the rational side, oh, that seems like an affordable price. Okay, this is going to help me achieve this, this and this, right? But on the emotional side, from the dream side, it's more like I could become a recognized expert in my field. What sort of opportunities will that allow me to explore? How much more could I achieve and do with my life and how much more impact can I have on the world if I start seeing myself differently? So you can see how they've each got this sort of different flavor. And I'm doing this quite quickly. You want to go into like a lot more detail here. I'm doing this quite quickly because we need to move on to other aspects of this empathy map. So the next thing you want to think about is hearing and seeing what do these people hear or like other sensory cues as well in relation to the problem that you solve. So what's sticking in their mind? What's salient? So for instance, they might be hearing things from their peers like, oh, I haven't heard from you for a while. I haven't been seeing what you've been up to. What have you been up to? Or they might be hearing something like, I'm not even really sure what it is you do. Or they might be getting objections from customers. So they might be hearing things like, well, uh, you know, it just feels a bit expensive to work with you. Or, yeah, look, I didn't think this was a paid thing. They might be getting this feedback that's kind of telling them, again, it's sort of plugging into that, their fears, their worries, their nightmares of like, am I good enough? Am I going to be able to do this? Can I really charge this much? All that kind of stuff, right? And they're going to be hearing things that maybe reinforce that and also maybe hearing some things that challenge that as well. So we want to kind of nut that out. Then same with seeing, right? What are they seeing? What are they looking at online? What sort of ads do they see all the time? So for instance, I know that my avatar for coaches and consultants, they're seeing a lot of ads about online programs where you can fix your coaching and consulting business. They're seeing heaps of stuff about like click funnels and Facebook ads, and this is how you can do this. And they're seeing a lot of things also that are trying to sell them a dream but it's also become a little bit repetitive and it's also become like they probably tried something and like, oh, that doesn't really work. So for me, then I start using that to go, well, I can't design my product program or service in that way because that's just going to be like Teflon content. It's not going to stick. It's not going to build connection. It's not going to build community. They're probably going to roll their eyes at what I'm saying and kind of move on. The other thing we need to think about is what they're saying and doing. So what are they saying either out loud or what are they saying to themselves in their head? And it kind of expands on that thinking and feeling, but it's more like what are the stories that they're telling themselves or what are the stories that they're telling other people? If they're feeling like an imposter, say, for instance, then maybe they're saying things that they don't realize are making people doubt them. So, for instance, in their sales calls, they might be saying things like, oh, well, you know, look, I think, you know, the price that I charge is kind of fair for the work I do or they're kind of justifying themselves like oh well the reason I don't put content out there is because I'm just so busy with my clients and they're sort of telling themselves this story right or the reason this I didn't do this is because it doesn't work they might also be saying things that sound like they're in a different place to what they're actually doing and this happens all the time right this is one of the big challenges with doing field research. It's a big challenge because customers will say things and do another thing. And actually, this is something I talk about with Melissa Peppers, who will be the interview that I'm featuring this week. Uh, It's an awesome interview. We talk about how to find your niche and how to really become an extraordinary business that stands out online, which I think is so, so relevant to everything we're talking about right now. So have a look at their actual actions. What 
is your ideal customer searching for? You can do keyword analysis. You can look at what are my competitors doing in order to attract the kind of client that I want to attract because they've also probably looked at their behavior and they're going, this is what we need to do. Also exploring things like secondary research can be really helpful for you to understand what people are saying and what people are doing when it comes to your ideal client. So the other thing that you want to think about that is where that mismatch is and where that alignment is. As in, when are they saying things and following through and doing it? And when are they saying things and not doing it? One for me that I see all the time as an example is I'll see people saying things like, I need to do more content it's really important. Or they might even be saying things like content has been so great for me, putting content out there and building my reputation as a thought leader and the PR I did last year, that was so great for my business. But then what they're doing is none of that. So when I ask them, well, okay, so what sort of things are you doing at the moment? They'll say, oh yeah, I haven't really had time and things have popped up and it's been bit stressful so I haven't been doing that but they know that these things work and that's also an important thing to identify when it comes to making sure that what you say in response to your customers actually resonates with them because there's nothing worse than feeling like the person that you're talking to is just like telling you stuff you already know like if I just started saying well content marketing is really important and you're like yeah I know content marketing is really important so what it doesn't, it doesn't help, right? So it's like, well, how do you actually do it? How do you follow through? How do you take actions? Because that's where the problem lies. And that's why this empathy map is so important because you're going to be much better at saying the things that are actually bothering your client in terms of their behavior and their actions rather than just telling them stuff they already know. There's no smoker out there that thinks that smoking is good for you. Smokers know that smoking is bad for you, but telling them that smoking is bad for them isn't going to solve their problem. You have to look at what well, they're saying. Yeah, I know smoking's really bad for me and they're doing this, right? So it's like, okay, how do you help them change that habit or change that behavior? What is it about your service that helps them do that? Okay, and then the final piece of this empathy map is about what they, what pain they're going through and what they stand to gain. And again, this kind of stems from what we're talking about with that thinking and feeling. So what are their biggest pain points? And you can just start again by going through that kind of brainstorm. So brainstorming out all the things that could be you know, painful to them. Like I'm not getting enough money in, I'm stressed about the mortgage, like all that kind of stuff that's just like really hitting a nerve. And then on the gain side, it's like the opposite of that, right? So they stand to gain cash flow. They stand to gain peace of mind. They stand to gain less hassle, right? So what are all those things that are going to make them want to connect with you and be part of the content that you're sharing with them? Essentially, your content is a product, right? Your content is value. It's like a sample product of like, this is how you can feel. This is what you can change by being a part of my community. So I'm going to share content that empowers you and makes you at some point when you're ready, reach out to me to work with me because you can already see that even just through the content that I'm sharing, it's helping you to change. It's helping you to change in that direction that you want to go from pain to gain.
Like I said, I've put a template together to help you complete this yourself. That's your action for this week. I'll be back on Wednesday with that interview with Melissa Peppers. It's an absolute gem. One of my favorite interviews. I've actually had a lot of awesome interviews lately. And if you like want to get ahead and sort of check out the latest stuff, if you're on YouTube, you can just head over to my Grow Your Brand vodcast playlist and you'll be able to see all the latest episodes there. If you're listening uh, to this, you can do the same thing. Head over to my YouTube channel or you can also go to laurencrest.com forward slash grow your brand and find all the latest video episodes there, which you'll be able to uh, catch up on before I even release them on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place.